Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Let's, let us pray. Chance to chat. Chance to see another person's eyes. Chance to be challenged. Chance to be comforted. Chance to be affirmed. Thanks that you connect us one to the other like a web. That we are held, loved, forgiven, set free. Be in our wondering, our daydreaming. Be among us, we pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our lover and our friend. Amen. If you were here last week, um, you'll know this. If you weren't here last week, I began my sermon last week talking about um, going down the road and, and on my bike and taking a left turn. And as I take, took a left turn, there was a jogger going by and she yelled at me, said, you're a distracted driver. And I looked at her and she had earbuds in her ears and I said, you're a distracted runner. And we, and we engaged in this battle as we went down the street together. And finally she took my picture. It's probably out there on the internet somewhere. But I was talking about how, how, how did I get in this argument with this person? How did she get in the argument with me? And we're living in this time, it's kind of divided. It's kind of under the current anger, frustration of loss of control through this pandemic. And it gets played out in road rage on bike even. And the division is one of the elements of the book of the Revelation. Well, it continued this week as I uh, went about my early morning, went out on a Wednesday, I think it was, and actually put my garbage out. And as I went to put my garbage out, I was, you can see it on the screen here, I was given this award, the gold cart award. This gold, this was on the top of my garbage can. And if you flip it around, it says, well done. I'm, it says, you consistently use your cart correctly. And there's a happy face. This is obviously not my cart. This is not my cart. I never do that. But there it was. And it says, putting the right materials in your blue and green mar- carts marks a big difference. It means we can turn these old materials into something new. I just about died. I was so happy. I couldn't wait to tell people that I got a gold cart. I'm going to frame this thing because I, I am not a gold cart guy. Now, you also got to know that there was no participation awards as we do in everything these days. But I did carry on down the lane in Mock Lane and I came across this, which will be on the screen here. One of my neighbors, who shall remain anonymous, they got a notice. I took it off. We collected your cart this time, but please fix the items marked below for next time. Shame, guilt on street number. No, I'm not going to tell you. But I was just thinking, isn't this incredible? This is heaven. Gold, this is hell. But it got better because I was walking my dog to the dog park and I was giggling to myself as I told my dog parkers this story. And one of my friends there said, oh, I got this. And this, you can't quite read it, but this is another card they were handing out, but they did the best thing. The thing in red is a chip bag. They pulled out the chip bag, put it in a plastic bag, and pinned it there to to shame them even more. To say, 
this doesn't belong in this box. So there you have it. Right there in your alley is garbage theology. The talk of God in your garbage. There's heaven, there's purgatory, and there is hell. I don't know what box you belong in. I sure don't belong in this one. <laughs> but it got me thinking about how interesting it is that even our garbage is theological. If you're able to stay with me through this long sermon, which I'll try to make shorter, you'll see what I'm talking about. Human nature wants to divide, wants to shame, wants to point out problems, wants to um, determine who's in, who's out, who's good, who's bad, who follows the rules, who doesn't, who fits in this category. Our whole human nature is about this divide and conquer, even your recycling, compost, and garbage. And that got me thinking about this book of Revelation. So as I was walking the dog park, I, this is an opportunity to evangelize, not to get people to church, but to share stories and conversation. I said to Paul, uh, hey Paul, this is what happened with my garbage. He said, why do you care about that? I said, well, let me tell you about the book of Revelation. And so we had this conversation. He said, you were talking about the Revelation on Sunday? Yes, I was. He said, that's why I don't go to church. I said, well, I'll tell you why. So the book of Revelation is the last book in the Bible written by John, probably about at 90 or 100 AD. He's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, the holy city uh, by the Roman Empire. And he's talking about the destruction and desecration of the holy place of all of the land. And he is exiled to the island of Patmos. So he's writing here the whole story about what took place as though he's a recorder. He's writing his story about what took place. So the first thing you got to get about the book of Revelation is John telling John's story about John's situation. It's not John talking about COVID-19, although we do make that leap. Hang with me. The second thing I said to Paul as we took a turner, turn and he picked up a piece of poo was this. I said, here's the deal. The book of Revelation isn't foretelling, isn't prediction. It's forthtelling. It's prophetic. It's like a newspaper article that's telling you what happened and reminding you when you have empires that are holding and suppressing and destroying and using violence. That's what happens when you predict in that way the prophetic voice. So the Bible is used sometimes as a weapon. You see this a lot right now. A lot of people, as I said last week, using the Bible as a weapon. They make God into this big daddy in the sky who's gonna come and wipe people out and hand some people the gold card and some people the notice and some people are gonna be forever in the fiery pit. And they use the Bible as a way of judgment. They put on the glasses of God as the violent tormentor instead of God as the God of love and compassion. As we continued to walk, I said, Paul, do you know what the word apocalyptic means? He said, yeah, it means the end of the world. I said, no, well, that's one. It does mean the end times, but apocalyptic means the unveiling, like the Wizard of Oz when they pull back the curtain or unveiling in the sea what is hidden. And surely during this time of COVID, we have been seeing an apocalyptic experience where the unveiling of how we treat seniors, the frailty of our health system, the, the problems in our governments, our own relationships are, are falling apart and the unveiling that takes place during COVID. But this book is not about the end of the world, it's about the transformation of this world. 
And so the last thing about this book that I said to Paul as we finished our conversation, I said, you can't have a Jesus in the gospel who is peaceful, compassionate, and loving, and suddenly insert the book of Revelation that trumps all and makes Jesus into the bad guy. If you interpret this text with the eyes of love and compassion, you see a peaceful, merciful, loving Jesus. The whole book of Revelation asks this question, who is God? And invites us to ponder, who is God? What is heaven? The invitation of the Bible is for you to be daydreaming and wondering and imagining and being in the curious nature of the mystery of life. But what I did note in the book, and so Paul went home and I continued to walk, and I thought, hmm, I'm not quite done with talking about Revelation, so here we are. In the book of Revelation, there's a very interesting image for heaven. Most of us, I'd love to have heard your conversations that you had, sometimes we see heaven as reunion or peace or healing or um, gardens or mountains, but did anybody in this room say heaven is like a city? I think it's not in our frame of mind. But in John's Gospel, John talks about the new heaven and the new earth as the new Jerusalem, the new city. Now, why would he do that? If you've just seen your Jerusalem destroyed, you think of heaven as the restoration of a new city. And so in the book of Revelation, heaven is seen as a city, a new metropolitan place. So in this book, it's about transformation, not replacement. And so often we hope that it's a brand new making over instead of a working with and a reshaping of what is. The central theme in the book of Revelation is a call to oneness, a call to oneness and openness and connection. Now, if you go through this book, that gets meticulous and drive you crazy. You're kind of going to wonder what drugs John was on when he wrote it. But really, it's about this meticulous understanding of the new Jerusalem. He describes how long it is, how tall it is, how wide it is. He talks about the, the nature of the beauty of this emerald city. And then, as we looked at last week, there's this beautiful image you hear at funerals where God makes God's home amongst mortals. God descends to be among us. It's not that we ascend up, but God descends down. It's not that we go up to the city of Jerusalem. It comes down to us. That's a total reversal of the way all of us, even in our stories, imagine beyond transcending instead of descending to God is right among us, friends right among us here on earth. That's why we pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You see, Jesus' whole ministry and focus wasn't about an escape plan to heaven. Get the heck out of here. It was actually, how can we have God here among us in our lives? So our friend Jeremy Duncan, who's at uh, Commons Church right now down the street, I had a coffee with him, as I said last week in my sermon, and he's written a book called The Upside Down Apocalypse. He's really talking about how there's a whole reversal in this book. Our ideas are reversed, and they come to life in this book. And what he says is this, that the fascination with all the, the numerology and the symbols and the wealth that we in this world right now, we admire, even though we don't say it, that we want, that we crave for, the wealth that we are after in our greedy nature is wiped clean in the book of Revelation. And the gold and the jewels are not something we grasp, but he says they become the asphalt we walk on. They have no value in a life after. 
They are simply things to walk upon. The second thing he says in his book is that in the New Jerusalem, there's no temple. We just sang it. There's no temple. There's no Hillhurst. There's no synagogue. There's no temple. You don't go to church or go to temple. Actually, God is in and amongst all of us, and life becomes worship, not going to church. He says the other thing about this city is this. There's no judgment. There's no grading. There's no categorizing. There's no comparing. There's no reward and punishment, which drives us crazy because that's how we live our life. It's washed clean and there's simply us in our rich and beautiful diversity, loved, forgiven, and set free. And the other thing in this new Jerusalem is that there's no ethnocentricity. There's all religions, all people, all oneness in this beautiful new Jerusalem. The other thing that he says in this book, which is in the scripture, is that heaven is a choice. You stand there and decide whether you step into heaven. Not that your, your, your report card gets you in, but rather you are simply invited to step in to love and the compassion that is God. That drives us crazy because we know already, we are sure we're somebody's behind us and somebody's in front of us, but by human nature, we want to do that. But this whole book says, no, all are included. And then you're saying there, hmm, that's what, what about that fiery pit we heard in the election not long ago, where the, this book and this Bible was talked about as a, as a hell for others, in particular, the gay community, it was used in that case. And Jeremy writes this in the book. This verse isn't about the torment of souls, but instead a destination for all of our broken identities that at last are discarded now that God dwells among us. The fire refines error. It isn't judgment. It identifies the final release of our warped and incomplete understanding. The fiery lake allows us to discard and to be with God, the God who dwells with us in the neighborhood. Here, the apocalypse is not destruction of the earth. It is not the end of the world. It is the renewal of everything God touches. Everyone, everything, every system, every imagination, every expression of God's creative good is healed right then. And all are welcomed in. The book turns our expectations and human nature upside down and invites us to see a hospitable God who yearns to feast with us. Jeremy sees in this book that the peacefulness of Jesus, the gospels that we worship and love, all the parables, all the stories are similarly present in the nonviolent Jesus in the book of Revelation, even though we want to use that book as a weapon to divide, to harm, to shame others. So the consistency of the gospel is the consistency in the book of Revelation. But it's by human nature that we do this. One of my favorite books, can you show this? We'll see if we can show this uh, slide. Favorite movie, sorry. Anybody know this movie, Defending Your Life? I am so, you know it? I'm so weird, this is my favorite movie. Defending Your Life is Mel Brooks and Meryl Streep, okay? You can, you can get it online for $4.99, so you gotta buy it. The movie is based on this. Uh, you live your life and you die. And you go to this place called purgatory, I'll call it. Judgment City is what they call it. 
And then everybody who gets there has to defend their life based on their fears. And so in your life, if you conquered your fears, if you faced your fears and, moved, and, and dealt with them, you get to move on to the great mystery of beyond. That's Meryl Streep. Well, Mel Brooks didn't have such a good life. But in this place, you realize that fear often drives every one of us. Fear is about our greed. Fear is about our violence. Fear is about our hatred. And so in this comic movie, which you should watch if it starts to rain sometime, put it on. It's a beautiful theological movie about how fear conquers us. And when we conquer fear and let it go, indeed, life and heaven is on earth. So this movie, I love it because it invites us to think and reimagine the fact that fear drives us when so often, when we, when we allow, and when we recognize and allow and investigate and nurture, we begin to see that that fear, when it dissipates, allows us to stand fully content in who we are in our truest self, which I believe is what Jesus was all about. Jesus was earth-centered. He rarely talked about heaven. If he talked about eternal life, it wasn't the pearly gates beyond. It was about experiencing God in the fullest right now, in this moment at Hillhurst United Church, in the moment you're planting, in the moment you're making love, in the moment when you're seeing the mountains, in all of these richest moments where you are fully present is what it means to experience eternal life. Now the Bible will have many different images like the 23rd Psalm, or images of a wedding feast, or in my father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, what I have told you when I go and prepare a place for you. Of course, we imagine heaven like a castle, but the word mansion has many interpretations in which one of them is pit stop. I love that idea that heaven is a pit stop. We experience it briefly, momentarily, and then we move on in some mysterious way. The truth is, friends, our words are agnostic. Nobody knows. No one knows, but we imagine, we trust, our curiosity invites us to come to some understanding about what heaven is. For me, it comes in the wedding passages, so often we hear at weddings in 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about seeing in a mirror dimly, and then we see face to face. Now we know in part, then we are fully known. So for me, I believe when we die, we come to our fullest seeing, our fullest knowing, and we are embraced by the Creator who, whether you're Putin or Pentland, you are welcomed in. Putin or Pentland. I'm not saying I'm a saint. I'm just saying so many of us wish that he didn't exist. But the reality is he exists as a, as a consequence and a reality of evil being in the world. And our shared responsibility in all of that. Our creed says, um, we're, uh, I can't remember the words, but I'll say it this way. I believe Jesus is our judge and our advocate. And I believe that in our dying, there is a looking in the mirror that we all do, and a knowing and a trust that we are held in that love. And so go like this if you would for me. I believe that when we die, God holds us just like this. And I believe God rocks us back and forth. And we come to knowing of all the good and the bad and the indifferent in our world. And in that holding and loving, we are set free to live. And 
the images, the words, the stories, the songs that invite us to imagine that reunion, that welcoming, that peacefulness, that vibrancy of a city is how it speaks about the mystery of life beyond death. But religion is not about getting to heaven or escaping hell. It's about being present in this moment in your life right now, as often as we are able. Let me share this quote. Faith is not simply thing, seeing things that are visible, surface level, but recognizing their deepest meaning. See, this is the problem with religion. It invites you to go deeper, and lots don't want to. To be a person of faith means we see things, people, animals, plants, the earth, as inherently connected to God, connected to ourselves, and therefore absolutely worthy of love and dignity. That's what Jesus is praying for, that we could see things in their unity, in their connectedness. I would go as far as to say that the more connected we are, the more of a saint we are. The less we can connect, the less transformed we are. If we can't connect with people and other religions and classes or races with our enemies or those who are suffering, we are not very converted. Truly transformed individuals are, are capable of universal recognition. They see that everything is one. We don't go to heaven. We learn how to live in heaven now. And no one lives in heaven alone. I love that. It's not about my spot. It's about our place. Either we learn how to live in communion with other people and with all that God has created, or quite simply, we're not ready for heaven. If we want to live an isolated life trying to prove that we're better than everybody else or believing we're worse than everybody else, we're already in hell. We have been invited even now, even today, even in this moment to live consciously in the communion of saints, all of us are saints, in the presence, in the body, in the life of the eternal, and the eternal risen Christ. This must be an almost perfect way to describe heaven in itself, connectedness, oneness, and presence now on earth as it is in heaven. You never know what happens when you take out the garbage. Amen. Invite us to song.
Heaven is. Heaven is. You invite us to fill in the blank. Heaven is. Heaven is reunion. Heaven is peace. Heaven is a vibrant city. Heaven is a soft place to land. Heaven is nonviolence, non-judgment, non-shaming, no guilt, no punishment. Heaven is your love come alive in our bodies. We give thanks this day that you invite us to maturity, to wideness, to love. And as we wonder, as we put out the garbage, as we move in the city and in the quiet land, we give thanks, O oh God, you are as close as our breath. May you breathe upon us, breathe upon us life and love and compassion, that we trust all is well in heaven and all shall be well on earth. In deep gratitude, we say, Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.